Well, training camp has come to an end. The roster is set, and the Flyers are ready to open their first season under John Tortorella with lots of work ahead. With our latest broadcasters roundtable, Tim Saunders with Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, and Jason Mertides. Boys, John Tortorella uh, promised a tough camp. Uh, the start was an attention grabber. I can't remember a first day that they hit the ice and didn't have a single puck on the ice. The emphasis has been on conditioning uh, and, I guess, building mental toughness. But, Jimmy, the culture change has begun, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, this is a process. There's no doubt about it. I know this area's heard all about the process, but I'm just speaking about the process of, of getting and establishing a new identity with the team, the new culture, Players getting to know the coach, coach getting to know the players. I mean, Torts has not hidden the fact that he didn't know a whole lot about some of these guys, and so he wanted to see uh, what they had. And I think that first day of camp was was interesting because it's a test of physical uh, capability, stamina, all that, of course. But it's more, I think, a test. And what he was more interested in is, is the, the mental toughness. And he could see a guy like Nick Delore really not looking very good doing it, but getting through it. And that's the most important thing to show that you're willing to get through those tough times. And uh, so I think he's learning about the players and they're learning about him. Um, and it is going to take a little while. I mean, I think Torch now realizes as he looks at this team, especially with, with some guys, key guys out again, that uh, they're going to have to really grind it out to score goals. There's just not a lot of goal scoring uh, on this team right now, unless <clears throat> some of these young players do develop. And you're, you're hoping that does happen. And Owen Tippett, some of these guys turn into goal scorers. But as it looks right now, it's going to be a team that's going to need to win games 2-1, 3-2. And I don't think Torts has a problem with that because that's how his teams usually play. Coatsy, he did have to back off of some of the conditioning uh, once he learned of the reality in Philadelphia that injuries are always uh, part of the equation. Um, it's a matter, though, of, as Jimmy said, learning to fight through that. doesn't matter how ugly it is. Uh, and they've got to learn how to play when they're tired, and, and that's not an easy thing. It's interesting. <clears throat> if you look back at last year, how many games were lost in the third period where all of a sudden it looked like they ran out of gas? I would think that Torts looked at that, understood that, and decided that, you know, if his team's in better shape than the other team, then he's off to a good start. And, you know, no pucks in the first couple of days, eh. You know, it's it's hard. It's really hard, but it's only good for the players. The players are going to be unbelievably in shape playing for this guy. But when you take a look at the, the the way Torch has approached this, he's doing it slowly. He's very guarded, understands what he has. I go back to what Jimmy said about the lack of scoring. I, I'd like to use the word propensity. And the propensity to, it's a big word for me. Yeah, it is. I'm very no, proud No, no, that's, I was up all night. Couldn't spell it. it. No, it's, it's, it's pretty Couple excited about it. There, he knows that. Apparently, Timmy's sitting on your thesaurus. <laughs> Don't look. But uh, the, when you take a look at the tippets of this world and Farabee, um, Atkinson coming back, Konechny being really good in training camp, the propensity for these guys to score goals is there. They've all come in as goal scorers. And Frost. Frost is a guy that you just, okay, let's get it going. And so the propensity of all these young players that were goal scorers and haven't been goal scorers at this level is something to look for. If we can get that from them, then that's half the battle because then we're moving forward. There's a confidence built with a hockey club. Is it going to be a work in progress? Yeah. We're going to have some good times and we're going to have bad times. But the thing I'm really looking forward to, this is game seven for me already uh, on Thursday night, is that you got a full house, put on a show, and play. 
That would make everybody feel better right now. That Thursday night game, there it is. You guys, you made the team. Show us something now because our building's going to be full. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I think they can kind of forget about the preseason record. He didn't even get into systems until about a week ago. It's more about how he wants this team to play, and it's pretty simple. We've talked about building the foundation, compete everywhere on the ice, uh, work as hard defending without the puck as you do when you have the puck and you're trying to score. And in the absence of star power, like Jimmy said, they're going to have to do their scoring by committee. Yeah, I mean, go back to the 1920 season. They finished seventh in scoring that year, and it was by committee. A big part of that's going to also be what they get goal-wise and point production-wise from the blue line because they were second in the NHL in the 1920 season in that regard. So we look at the forwards and I say they're the guys that have to score, but – it's a five-man unit. It's a five-man unit in the D zone. It's a five-man unit in the neutral zone. And it's a five-man unit in the offensive zone. And I think it's really interesting with Torch. This, this season, to me, is so much of about a fact-finding mission to find out, okay, what is Morgan Frost at the NHL level? He's got all this opportunity. Tip it the same thing. But you have these three different categories of players on this team and age groups. You have that young under-23 group with Farabee and Tippett and Morgan Frost and those guys. Then you have that 24 to 26 range with Konechny, Provorov, Sanheim, and some of those guys need to change the trajectory of their play a bit. And then you have that older upper crust with guys like Couturier who won't start the season, but Hayes and Atkinson and those guys. And we have to find out where all of those guys are right now in their career, where they are, where they're going, where they're trending, and what they can be for this team. And that's what Torts does in year one. If you look at the teams he took over, They were in very similar situations. Coaching changes don't happen when teams are really good. You don't take over a really good team, very rarely. So he's been in this situation before, and how guys like Konechny respond, I think he is paramount to this team. He was an all-star in that last year before the bubble. He had three 24-goal seasons. He is a player that can score off the rush. He is a player that can score down low. He can give you multiple facets of offense. And for a team that's going to have to grind and work really hard for opportunities to score, he's a guy that can score a goal off the rush with just skilled play. So you're going to need to get it from a guy like him. So I I think it's just going to be such an interesting fact-finding mission to find out who is part of this future. And Torts talks about it, about the team, you know, when they're going to be a winning team. He doesn't know when that is in regards to Cam York, as we saw when he sent him down. But getting all of this information – to set yourself up for multiple years of being a playoff team with a trajectory to go far, I think is the key, and he's done it everywhere he's been. I do want to add a really good point on the defense because it's not just about uh, points and goals from defense. It's about getting the puck out of the Flyers' zone. And the last couple of seasons, the Flyers spent way too much time in their own zone. They just had trouble getting the puck out of their zone. And watching the practices since he's gone to systems and so forth over the last week, uh, you, you can see what, what his whole system is about. It's about attacking the puck, getting it from. He doesn't want anyone losing board battles, I'll tell you that much. It's going to be very interesting to watch how this team does along the, the corners and, and along the boards and in front of the net in terms of those battles. I, I suspect they'll be much improved. Um, and then getting the puck the other way. The, the numbers of the offensive players, of the forwards, they're going to go up if you're spending more time in the offensive zone, and that's a big part of his system. So I think that Tony D'Angelo's these kind of players, Ivan Provorov when he's playing well, Travis Sanheim as he was playing even last year, moving that puck up, getting it ahead, and getting the, the puck in the offensive zone where they can go to 
of the attack. They're not going to defend passively like right. maybe at times we've been guilty of. Uh, there was some good news. Uh, Joel Farabee appears to be ahead of schedule and ready for opening night, it looks like, which I think is a huge bonus. Sean Couturier is ahead of schedule. He's not going to start game one, but it doesn't appear as if he's going to miss as much time as they thought he would. So, he's skating already. Yeah, yeah. so those are yeah. those are all positives. The, the question mark I have is Cam Atkinson. I know Torts has said he's going to be ready for the opener, but he's missed some time here, and he's obviously got an issue. It's uh, <clears throat> like the same thing with Ellis. It's hard to find things out, but that's just the way that the league is now, upper body, lower body. We can't tell you what's happening. But he's an important part of the the equation here. Um, but I got to go back to what Jason was talking about a little bit about the, the individual players and the teams. This is a collective group, and you said we got to find out where they're at. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to that one word that I use all the time, and that's culture. The culture went south here. How it went doesn't make any difference, but it went way down. And what happened was it became too easy to lose. There was no accountability. So all the younger players never got any better. So now they have to learn a new culture because they don't know any different. The guys that came in out of playing junior, they never went to the American League. They never went to the, they were here. And they went, well, I guess that's it. This is the way you're supposed to do it. You lose 10. Oh yeah, you lose 13. It's okay. Still staying at the nice hotels and flying on the plane. I guess that's the way it is here in the NHL. No, it's not. It's a way you have to have, you have to have an attitude. So not only is John Tortorella going to grab onto the reins and, and, and change the culture, you would hope, and there's a couple of guys you'd like to think, okay, they've got to be able to take this leadership role. Mm -hmm. And having guys like Farabee back in the lineup and all these other guys back in the lineup, nobody knows better in the locker room about how good they are when they're looking around who's dressed. If you're missing nine veterans, you might have your head down a little bit because that's hard. But now, outside of Couturier and Ellis, Atkinson to get back, missing Atkinson would be huge to start that first period, but or first of the year. But it's a, it's the attitude as a group, and I think that's where Torts is really going. Group, group. You mentioned it. It's about 18 guys plus two goalies that come together to work for the logo and will be positive together. And any coach will tell you, and Torts included, that the team has to be coaching itself by the time you get halfway, two-thirds of the way through the season. So who jumps up? Cam Atkinson will be a big part of that because he's gone through towards his uh, grind. He knows exactly what's going to happen. Kevin Hayes. <clears throat> and he, besides, Cam Atkinson is a born leader, really. You just have to be around him a little bit. Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, those are the veterans. But I, I really – like. Joel Fairby, there's some young guys in this team that really have potential leadership qualities in yeah. them, and that's what I think you're talking about. That's got to emerge as the year goes on. That's along. exactly right. So it, it's all, let me just jump on that real quick because it, you're, I so agree with you because to me this season is about culture and standard. It takes a long time to build a standard and a culture, but it doesn't take a long time for it to erode. And it eroded and eroded quickly, and that's a problem. And now they have to be so diligent to rebuild it because it's paramount. You're never going to win in this league, whether you have talent, don't have talent, no matter what it is, if you do not have that standard. And they need that standard. And it has to be every day. It's not something that you can show up one day and it's fine. And you're right. There was too much accepting of failure, of not winning games. And it didn't seem to bother guys. Something that really stuck out to me, I heard Keith Yandel on, an, on a podcast, a very popular one, and he said he had the time of his life last year. They had fun all the time. 
and some people heard that and go, oh, that's great. The guys, the boys had fun in the room. Well, they were going through 10 game and 11 I don't know how they did. It wasn't fun for the rest of us. And 13 (laughs) game losing streaks. It should have been miserable inside that room because you're here to do one thing. This is professional sports. You're here to win. And if you don't win, it should not be fun. And that stuck out to me, and that was disturbing. Jace, that's part of that yeah. foundation. Is You can have a close-knit group of guys, and clearly Great. they did. Yep. But it's an entirely different thing to hold each other accountable, and yep. that's what's got to change. That, you know what? And, and I think it will be. And, and also, it'll, it'll be quicker. Uh, no one was – I'm sure when, when Yans was talking about that, he wasn't talking about when they were in the middle of the – 13-game winless streak or the 10-game winless streak. He was probably a general comment, and the people were good and all that, and, uh, you know, that's fine. But I understand your point. It should not have been a fun season. But with torts, it's not going to necessarily be three bad games in a row or even two or even just one. It might be a bad couple of shifts. He will hold you accountable. If you are Kevin Hayes and you don't follow the system for a shift or maybe even two, he might give you two, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kevin Hayes sitting for the next period for a long period of time. That's the way he coaches. He uses ice time. That's what you have now as a coach. You know, yelling and screaming. It's the hammer. He, he may do some of that, but that yeah. doesn't get you much any anymore. It's it's more about ice time. That's that's what and he's used it and he will use it. And it really is upon the veterans, especially, to buy in to this system. From what I've I've talked to all we get to talk to the players again, yay! <laughs> and in talking to them after practice, I sense everybody is ready to buy in. And that's not a surprise. After these couple of seasons, they should be ready to buy in. But I don't, I, I mean, seriously, I can get a wink, wink once in a while from some of the players saying, yeah, he's, he's really off the wall. I don't get any of that. I mean, they really are in, Kevin Hayes included. They are in, they are ready. And hey, they were all, what, 40 players were here on September 1st. That's never happened before. So yeah. these guys are ready. They, they understand. They should be ready, but they are. So I think there were a couple of key developments in training camp that I want to specifically talk about. The most important one to me was, I don't know if you even say emergence, but Noah Cates and their apparent commitment to develop him as a two-way center. This is not a short-term thing, according to Torts. As they start the season this week, they want him playing in the middle. I was asking two days into camp, doing the math with Coots out, they're a little light up the middle, he is a guy, Coatsy, that has the smarts and the, uh, the dedication to play a two-way game to be able to make that transition. I always tell how a player played by listening how many times you say his name. <laughs> and all you do is hear his name. Yeah. You're follow- I mean, it just the puck follows him. He follows the puck. He knows where he's going. He has an outstanding hockey uh, mind. I, I mean, and really understands how to play the game. And he does it the right way. You know, um, uh, Perry, the guy who played for Saint. I mean, for Tampa Bay last year, Corey Perry. He played reminds for a lot me of teams, huh? <laughs> played for a lot of teams. Right? Oh, I know, Montreal, <laughs> San Jose. I mean, but watching him away from the play back in the day when I was between the between the benches was absolutely scary good because he played the game properly. He was in control. He was the guy running the show out there, and watching. Noah Cates, it's the same thing. He's he's got a, a grasp of what's supposed to happen, so guys like that can move into the center because they've. He's obviously played center sometime along the way. There's he's no two ways. Junior about it. and uh, yeah, world well, we, juniors, yeah. but little but, college college. You know, and you get to this level, and you get with better players, then you have an opportunity to be a little bit more at ease being in that position. And I think Torts must have picked right up on that and saw this is what we got to do. 
So I think it's going to be great. I, I love the kid. I think it's outstanding. I was actually a little disappointed Jackson Cates didn't make the team because I thought those two guys mm-hmm. on the same line were scary good. Yeah, Jackson especially seems to just, his, his game goes up uh, two levels when he plays with Noah. Well, you're, anybody who does play with Noah is going to be like that. And, I, and I, you know, I agree with you, and I don't know if you felt this way, you guys doing the preseason games. Uh, Jones and I found ourselves talking so much about him. It's like, we got we to lay, lay off this guy a little bit. It's like we're talking about him almost after it every It was shift. hard to do that. It was. He was that impressive. Uh, and not to the point where he's going to score 50 goals or anything, but he is going to be a guy who, as you say, really helps the players around him. And he's he's got sneaky skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he could produce more than we all think. Um, and and so keep that in mind. I mean, he's, he's shown some, some things in practice with Morgan Frost where he reads off of him pretty well. So those two might be interesting. But right now, of course, as, as a center, it's going to be interesting. But but uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to see. I mean, we saw it last year. He was good. But now everything ramps up. Last year was sort of, you know, almost like... Like late in the season, uh, they were out of it for him. I thought he was very impressive, but now he's got to do it from the start of the season and, as you say, Timmy, in the pivot, which uh, it's a challenge. I mean, there's a lot more responsibility for a center than a winger, uh, but do I have any doubts he can handle it? No. And he wasn't here long enough to get cultured. No. I I talked to him about it uh, this week, and he's nervous about making that change to the middle. He's played the position before. But he's not a huge guy, and he's going to be up against some big, physical, strong defensemen. So I think that concerns him a little bit. I asked him where that understanding of, because he's rarely on the wrong side of the puck, right? That's what makes him a smart player. And I asked him where that came from. And he said it came from growing up and playing with a big brother, older cousins, and playing with older guys throughout his career. Dad was a coach. Yep. You yeah. can see you can see players. I think it's like a flashing neon sign on players when dad was a coach that held them to a high standard of detail in their game. Because you see it in all zones with him. Uh, his play in the neutral zone. The neutral zone is kind of the unheralded zone, but I think it's so important. I think he's so good in the neutral zone. Yeah. Being on the right side, pressuring in the right spots, not giving up the middle angling guys like the, I think he's excellent in that zone which tells me he can play center now he might be a little nervous in the Z zone playing below the dots at times but you know I think he's going to find comfort really quick in it because I think he's a really smart player and the reason why you keep hearing his name is because in the D zone he's putting a stick on the puck always he always. has Mark Stone like yeah capabilities in terms of knocking pucks down a selkie type winger was what we saw kind of in the preseason why, again we're, we're talking and i, I kind These of are cringe. lofty names right I know, yeah I, but that's how well he has played so yeah far. Well, and you, you add all the things that you just talked about the, those positives is that to play the center position it's very hard to move from wing to center mm-hmm. because you got that much more you've got to do in your own zone and it's the you middle have of the to ice get coach. back below yeah. the circles and help the defense become mm-hmm. the third defenseman it's work for a lot of players, yeah, but I don't think it, it'll be economy of energy with this guy. There's a trickle-down effect, too, because it allows them to keep Scott Lawton on the wing, where he's more comfortable, more productive, and although Torts has talked about pairs as opposed to three guys that he's going to try to keep together, Konechny and Kevin Hayes have been together mostly with Lawton. That may be your top line going into the start of the season, and yeah. I think Lawton's better on the wing. I agree. I I. I think Lawton prefers the wing. No, Cates probably does too, but this team needs a center right now. And you got to look at the construction of the team and where the pieces fit to make the team the best. And guys will understand that. Um, as far as the pairs go, yeah, I mean, we've seen that for years. It was Drew and Voracek, 
and then it was either Konechny or somebody else on that wing. You know, fitting three guys perfectly together is a difficult task. Finding two that can play off each other, then you find that third that kind of comes and goes, and if it gets hot, it stays for a while. If it doesn't, you look at another guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with, with Kate's playing that center position, it really opens up the right side because they have a log jam there. There's a lot of guys on the right side, which is why we saw Tippett a little bit playing left wing, just to move him over to see what kind of versatility you have there, even Frost a little bit. I thought Tippett actually played the position pretty well. I think he has the right kind of skill set to be able to play on his off wing. But um, Lawton is a guy that's going to give you everything, whether it's at wing or center. And if in a game situation somebody's not going or you need to move somebody into the middle, then he's the perfect guy to do it. He's he's a Swiss Army knife as yeah, a player. He's a glue guy for sure. Oh, Let's yeah. talk about some of the other individuals. Morgan Frost. This is a huge year for Morgan Frost. Mm. You can tell just in talking to him. His confidence level is way higher than it has been. Um, and it's going to allow him, I think, to be at his creative best because that's what he's he's got that kind of skill. He is the the poster child for me of what Coatsy was alluding to earlier. Uh, the expectations for this team, let's face it, from the outside are not high, right? One of the reasons is they're going off of how they looked last year and maybe even the year before that. But uh, in Morgan Frost's case, he's one of those young guys. You talked about the, the groups, the young guys, and kind of the middle-aged guys and the veterans. He's still at the now getting toward the end of that young stage, 23. But he is one of those guys who, have we really seen Morgan Frost as good as he can be? I don't think so. And I'm really excited because I think we're going to see that this year. I talked with him after a, a practice. He's up to 195 pounds. And you can see it along the wall. And so he's not going to be a grinder. He's not going to be this guy who dominates along the wall, but he has to at least survive right along the wall. And he has to, has to show the battle along the wall. You have to under John Tortorella, as all the players do. But I, I just think this, as you say, his confidence is higher. Uh, I, I just think it's time now for Morgan Frost. And I think it's time for some other guys too. And uh, I think we're going to see Joel Farabee the way we think he might be. And maybe Owen Tippett. And, all. and if we do, all of a sudden, this team's a lot better than, than anyone's saying they're going to be. Uh, you know, so I don't want to get hopes too high. I mean, they have a long way to go, and we don't have that proven offensive talent uh, but to score goals outside of maybe Cam. But uh, there are a lot of guys who I don't think we've seen their best in terms of that young group. Yeah. And then the middle-aged group that you said, there's guys we want to see get back to TK being maybe a 30-goal scorer, Provorov being the Provorov we've seen a couple of his seasons, and Sanheim basically just continuing what he did last year. But but uh, I, there's, there's a, a lot more of an upside to all these players that I, I'm hoping we see this year. And, and uh, if we do, this team's going to be better than people think. Coach, I that's why I love Torts, because Torts, his raving review on Morgan Frost is, yeah, he's had a good camp, deserves to be here, but he's not giving them anything. Nothing. They're no. going to have to earn it and learn how to be a two-way player. No, you got some nice accolades, but guess what? We haven't played a game yet. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and Morgan Frost... It's interesting. He's got such a great upside. He's got uh, a background of being a point getter, a scorer out of Sault Ste. Marie. But we haven't seen that yet, in my mind. Last year, at the end of the year, we saw him, and I'm going to use the word control. The center has to control the play, has to feed the wings, make everybody better. And that's what he was starting to do. I thought that he had a good camp. But he wasn't doing the things he was doing at the end of last year that he did in camp. But that's a completely different being. I, I hope that with the guys he's going to play with coming up on Thursday, that he will take charge. 
He's got an opportunity. It's right there now for him, okay? There's no other people that are going to be involved. This is Morgan Frost's time to be able to come to the forefront and play why he was the number one draft pick. That's the real big thing. I have seen some of what you were talking about in practices this year, scrimmage. Uh, He just seems like uh, he has more confidence. He's trying different things, and he's not getting himself in trouble in doing that. I I don't know how much we can judge Coetzee by those preseason games. No, I can't. No, The legs were gone. He's going to play with better guys. Yeah, and that and the lineups were all but uh played five or six games too (laughs) yeah i just think i i I think he's ready um call it a gut feeling but i I think he's ready as long as he's willing and buys in to being a two-way player and being responsible and 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 having that compete level all over the ice not just when he's in the offensive zone another guy owen tippett you brought him up um he's he's making that adjustment to being a 200-foot player, getting pucks to the net. He knows that that's what his strength is, and I think he's gotten better as camp's gone on. Yeah, and the one thing I want to see, first of all, the first thing he has is a big plate of opportunity in front of him. He wasn't getting that opportunity in Florida. He produced at the AHL level, but he hasn't had a huge opportunity outside of the end of last year when things were sideways here, let's be obvious about it. And then this year, he's got a lot of opportunity in front of him. Now, what he does with the opportunity is up to him. And you're right. If he does and executes the non-negotiables of John Tortorella, being in the right spot, his play away from the puck, his D-zone play, he'll get all the leash in the world offensively. And what you want to see out of him is I want to see a guy that shoots the puck and asks questions later. Enough of the, no, here you shoot, no, you shoot. He's a guy. He's a trigger. And he gets the puck, get the puck, don't dust it off, get it off your stick, and put shots on goal, create opportunity. Whether the puck goes in off the shot is almost inconsequential, as long as it creates chaos. And that's how they're going to have to score. To me, he's a guy that's got so much opportunity in front of him, and this is an enormous season for a guy who was the 14th pick in the 2017 draft. He is at, at the crossroads right now of going, I am a legit NHL player, a point getter, or I'm going to be a, a checking player. And I love the way he skates. I was blown away by the way he moves on the ice. So he's got every physical skill there. He's got to be fully bought into this system. And if he does, he'll get the leash offensively. Because Torch doesn't try and control the whole thing anymore. He used to control the whole 200 by 85, every inch. Yep. Then he realized, I got to just get what I'm going to get from these guys in my non-negotiables, D-zone, puck, play away from the puck. And if they do that, you can be as creative as you want offensively. I think he has to finish, though. I, I, I mean, Agreed. He got tons of chances last year. Yeah, like six breakaways. Yeah, hit tons of posts. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, with any goal scorer, Coatsy, you were a goal scorer at you know, certain levels of hockey. Uh, when you're in a sl- <laughs> <laughs> your slump, minor league. What goal right? is that? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you dump the puck in at a breakaway, we know. But, I mean, I said, you know, you, you were a goal scorer in, in, at levels of hockey. When you get into a slump, it, but you're getting the chances. Uh, what I don't want to see from him, and I started to see a little bit, again, preseason games, I don't really want to put too much into this, was he starting to pass up shots. He's got to shoot. He is a shooter. And, and his entire career at every level, except the NHL, he's been a scorer. He's been able to score. I think he's going to score at this level, but he can't start passing up shots. He's got to shoot. He's got to shoot the puck the way he's always shot the puck. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, the fact that a, a, a guy like him who knows how to score goals, that you, he'll shoot the puck when you least expect it because he's got such an unbelievable wrist shot. 
and yeah. it's it just it goes so quickly off the the blade of the stick and if he can get that going because he is right on the edge like you just mentioned all the breakaways all the opportunities he had last year and you go man this guy's going to break through it's just he's got the ability instantaneously makes our power play better to go back and say, put him in the right spot and let him shoot. Bomb it. Because that's what he can do. He's going to shoot and shoot and shoot. And that's all he's got. Somebody's got to pull him aside and say, hey, don't be thinking about it. You're a shooter. Get that puck and shoot the puck. Because he is part of my propensity of being one of the guys that's going to help the team over the edge. He's the guy. He was a number one draft pick. And we forget that. We do know that he's got the 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 ability to be there and he's now he's going to have that opportunity what's the word of the day propensity propensity i will remember here's, that here's, twice here's One another guy, bingo another guy who has had a propensity to grab attention uh, wade allison i think of two words when i think of wade allison in training camp energy and personality and he brings it in spades he does. Doesn't bring the long hair anymore. But yeah, I'm right. a little he disappointed. He cut the he cut the flow. <laughs> he did cut the. As if you look up a hockey player in the think it was his sure choice. It was his idea. Yeah. yeah. But but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, when you look up a hockey player, like he Manitoba boy, like he looks like a hockey player, right? Um, he's the best four checker on the team. Best straight line four checker on the team. He will. He can move. He will get in. He's not afraid to take the body. I loved his camp because he's a guy like you guys brought up Noah Cage. You keep saying his name. When Wade's on the ice, you know he's on the ice because you got to have your head up and he's going to do those things and be physical. And I think he's a guy that can grab confidence and just keep having it swell as he's able to stay in the line and provided he can stay healthy. And you talk about a release. The one thing we're forgetting about, we're talking about Tippett's release yeah. and you need to shoot. Wade Allison's got one heck of a release. Yep. Uh, he's a guy I could see on the power play on that right side in the trigger position that can really bomb it from there. Maybe it's not PP1 to start. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but to me, he is a guy that can be a big factor for this team and a guy I think that you can move up and down in the lineup. I was going to say too. that. I think you can yeah. put him in a lot of different positions. Oh, yeah. Yep. And if, if Atkinson is healthy, just the numbers suggest he may be pushed down to a fourth line. Mm -hmm. That's okay because Tort says he wants his fourth line to have an identity and he'd be. Well, there's a lot of a identity there. Of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of I mean, his thing is health. I mean, obviously. And, and, uh, most of these players I've talked to talk about torch system. It's a much more aggressive. There's going to be more physical contact all over the ice. Um, with Wade, it's one guy I might say, okay, just a little less because he puts himself into some pretty vulnerable situations because he plays the way we love. I mean, it's, that a, pace. Hard, it's a hard thing to tell him to do yeah. because we love him for that, but you also don't want him getting hurt in the fifth game. I mean, he's got to try to stay healthy. I mean, that's been his biggest problem. He plays with reckless abandon. He does. Yeah. But as a player, your responsibility is to yourself first. And that, in other words, make sure that you're doing it right so you don't get injured. Play as much with reckless abandon, but under control. Understand where to go, when not to go. And, and that's something that he's going to have to learn because he's had a, a bad run. But at the same time, that's all part of the growth, all part of the education to understand how to play the game at this level. And, you know, it's probably going to be easier to play well, it's always said it's a little easier to play in the NHL than it is in the American League because the American League got guys flying all over the place, don't know where they're going, don't know how to do systems, don't know things. So you never know when you're going to run into somebody. But here in the National Hockey League, it's more organized, more uh, it's set in stone of what happens out there. So 
it could be a lot better for him at this level, to be honest with you. But he is the real deal. I, I, I we loved him when he first got up here. Absolutely. When he when his first training camp, he was just like he was a wow. And now he's here, and you can see he's put the weight on. He can skate. He's hard on the puck, like Jay said. I, I love the fact that the weight when he comes into the zone. I mean, he's coming, mm-hmm. and and he's going to make defensemen pay. And that's what. Torts is going to want to love. All right, so we haven't really talked much about the blue line, um, and I want to get to the decision on Cam York in a minute. Um, Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo's, I know, high on your list. You think that's a huge addition. They only played one game in the preseason together. You at all concerned, or is that chemistry, a, I assume, a work in progress? I'll tell you in November. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I mean, I well, no. I mean, like, it's good that there's so many variables, so many changes are going to help. I mean, you got Don, John Tortorella's learning. Uh, Ivan Prolov's going to be learning. Uh, D'Angelo's going to be learning about all the different things that are happening with this hockey club. This is basically a brand-new hockey club. So it, there's going to be a lot of different moving parts going on. They need that to work, though. But That's D'Angelo... We've D'Angelo, been looking since Matt Niskanen. Yeah. D'Angelo... And, and Provorov, on paper, looks really good. But, you know, Prov's got to get back to where he was. D'Angelo's got to be a little bit better in his own zone, which I think he's got better and better and better. So you, you just got to look right now. That's the the way it is. And, and they've got really three solid defense pairs right now, I think. Yep. And he's going to help on the power play. Huge. And they've got to oh, get production. Oh, the power play is going to be huge. Yeah. They've got to get production from the power play. Well, power play's got to improve from last year, correct? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it could be worse. It was this, the worst in franchise history last year, or second worst, I think. Yeah. Um, second worst? What was the other one? It was in, I believe, the 90s, but the power play, they were clicking at about 16% average Probably, at that uh, time. About 91, 92. Last year, the average was about 23%. Yeah, yeah that was when we were five, five years without the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think it's the biggest, biggest question mark going into the season. Proveroff and D'Angelo. On the ice and off the ice. These two couldn't be more different off the ice. You know, both are very intense players. One's outward emotion. One is inward emotion in Proveroff. Um, how they play together and read off each other, I think is going to be a big thing. You know, where is D'Angelo going to be when Proveroff's in the face of pressure to get him the puck and be his release? and converse the, the other way around. So both guys want the puck. So how's that part going to play out? You know, both guys like to possess the puck. So I think it's a really interesting pair. But Tony D'Angelo played on a top pairing last year in Carolina. A great partner there in Carolina in, in doing so. But those two, you're facing the top line of the opposition every night. And just about every team in this league has got a hell of a top line. Whether you're taking on Boston and you got the perfection line, or you're taking on Washington and you're dealing with Ovechkin, or you're dealing with Pittsburgh and Crosby, I mean, just go through the schedule. The Devils, and with guys like, you know, the Jack Hughes, you're going to be dealing with the best of the best, and you're not going to shut them down every night, but you got to keep them under control. You know, everybody thinks of Provi as this big introvert. I don't know if it's if it's a D'Angelo factor or if it's just because we've been around him a little bit more in the last couple of weeks. I think Provy looks much more at ease right now. Um, happy, smiling, and, boy, that's a good thing. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's an introvert. He's serious. Yep. Very intense. serious. He's very yeah. intense. Yeah. I mean, we all saw back uh, – he's a very emotional guy in the playoffs when, uh, you know, he played – 
in pain and it didn't you know basically the medication wore off and he struggled in the third and he was in tears after the game i mean the guy cares um and he's very proud um and reacts to criticism so i think in that way these guys have they might express it a little bit differently but they're both pretty emotional guys uh as you say inwardly outwardly but they both have that emotion it's definitely outward with with tony we're gonna see Flare-ups with his temper. He's got to keep that under control. But but as far as his play, the power play is the key. I mean, Tony could not even play five-on-five. Five. What he could do for the power play, I think, will help this team because uh, we, we just didn't have the guy to run the power play last year uh, once G left, especially. But any, anyone from the backside, I just think he's the guy. And you're right, last year he played with Jacob Slavin, who's one of the best all-around defensemen in the league. Yes, yeah, no doubt about it. But Ivan Provorov can be a really good all-around defenseman too. And Tony was plus 30-something playing against all those great lines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he takes risks. He'll turn the puck over sometimes trying to make that offensive play. But to say that he's just a, a terrible defensive player, as I've read from some uh, reports, is just wrong. I mean, you can't play for Rod Brindamore, one of the top coaches in the league, for one of the best teams in the league last year, on the top pair from about the quarter of the mark to the rest of the, the end of the season and be that bad defensively. If, I know Slavin's good, but he can't carry a guy who's you know just terrible. If one thing surprised me in training camp, in terms of reaction about a move, was the anger with the Cam York decision. This wasn't a punishment by sending him to Lehigh. In the long run, they view him as a, I think, a top four defenseman in this league for years to come, and this is going to do him a world of good. There's a time and a place, and it was a time, and the place is Lehigh Valley. I mean, he... If you look back at training camp, he had 26 minutes of time the one night. Did he do anything to make you feel better about playing in the National Hockey League? Everybody has a, uh, an ability or certain ability to make the National Hockey League at a certain time. And I don't think his time's ready. I think he needs to learn how to play small. That's the key. Gosses Spear never learned how to play small. You've got to be able Tori Krug is the prototypical player that knows how to play small. And that's all part of the education, going back in the American Hockey League and, and riding the bus and understanding what you need to do to look forward to the better. And I, I, I've always felt that everybody should have to go to the American League sooner or later. Goaltenders always have to go. Very rarely do you jump in to the National Hockey League without being in the American Hockey League. It's part of the education. That's why it's called a, Devenimal League, a develop, development league. So I, I, don't, I wasn't surprised at all. About and I, I was really surprised about the the reaction by people too. I go, what are you talking about? Yeah, the anger I think comes from the fact that Torts has gone on record, and I think he's very genuine in saying this that it's about the young guys. And Cam York is very definitely one of the young guys, but he's very much a young guy. He's twenty one. We we kind of forget that. Yeah, he is very young, especially as a defenseman. I mean, it's a tough tough position. Uh, you know, people talk about my car. Well, you know, he, he played college hockey. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, there's a, di- you're not going to, and then there's generational players that can just step in too. Uh, he just didn't earn a spot. I mean, it was that simple. I'm, I'm a big Cam York guy. Um, and I wasn't surprised because you're right. He played a lot of minutes, but uh, you know, he just didn't, he didn't earn a spot. Um, Cam is the one thing about Cam is he is, he's from California. He's, he's not one of these old school intense guys it shows his intensity all the time that part 
I think the, the coaches, the, everyone with the Flyers have to realize, I don't think they're ever going to turn him into, you know, this ferocious guy, this guy who's a, you know, gung-ho guy. That's just not his personality. What he is, and I watched him, and we all watched him in the World Juniors as captain of a team. He controlled the tempo of that, that, that tournament when he was on the ice. So when, oh, you know what's breaking loose, he's a great guy to have because he kind of calms things down. But there's a happy medium between being calm, cool, poised, and being lackadaisical. And he's got to find that that balance to where where that that calmness is a strength and and not a detriment. All right, this has kind of turned into a marathon roundtable. We, we got a lot really, to say. The season hasn't started yet. We haven't talked about the goaltenders. Um, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. ideal that Carter Hart did not get any uh, preseason games. They've got two young kids uh, as the potential backup. It doesn't appear as if Felix Sandstrom's going to be ready. Maybe it's Urson. I think Urson had a great camp. I'm really happy. Number one, I, I have every confidence that Carter Hart's going to be the same goaltender, in fact, better than he was last year, and I thought he was good last year for a team that didn't play particularly well in front of him. This team, I think, is going to play way better in front of him. I'm glad they didn't go out and get a veteran to keep here all year as a number two. If you're a cup contender, maybe you have to do that. But in this case, you got a couple of kids. you got to find out what you have in them. Don't block them. Let's be consistent with what we're doing organizationally. It's a fact-finding mission. Felix Sandstrom was drafted in 2015. It's time to find out what Felix Sandstrom is. We found out what he is at the American Hockey League. Let's find out what he is at the NHL. So opportunity for him. And you're right. Sam Erson, this preseason, I could not be more impressed with so many elements of him and the way he played. He saw a lot of shootouts, too. You know, the four shootouts, which I know Coatsy loves, which we'll have uh, a, a paywall version of this where he can rant on that. I'm hearing they might adopt that for the regular season. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that no one ever in Philadelphia. But his calm demeanor in the night, I talked to him and had a real long sit down with Sam. And one of his big influences is Carey Price and the calmness that he shows in that and that really not heart rate under control you saw a real calm goalie reading plays as they came not overplaying this is the guy's first opportunity to put on an nhl jersey it's preseason but it's still a big deal for a goalie because there's only one net there's like six guys fighting for one net it's not like a forward where you can be on a depth chart and make a team and i was just so impressed with him throughout camp i've been impressed with felix as well we'll see if he's healthy um as far as carter goes yeah it's not ideal because you can't simulate game action for a goalie in practice. And yep. let's face it, hockey practices were never designed for a goalie. They never have been, even scrimmages. Certainly torts isn't, because he's not focused nope. on goalies at all. Nope. That's, that's Dilly's job, and, Dil and Dilly's good at it. So that's a good thing. Um, but you're right. I don't worry about Carter, because he has a lot. And I think you guys hear me talk about it all the time when it comes to goaltending, that environment matters. And the environment has been a putrid environment the last couple of years for him. And he's able to overcome it two years ago for a period of time, but eventually that environment will pull you down with it. And last year he fought it as long as he could again. Um, the environment's going to be better. Why? Because the coach will not let it deteriorate. If you're not providing that environment in the D zone, you'll find your way to the bench or the press box. Let's talk about the schedule because, Coach, it's Oof. not an easy start to the season. You get your first two games at home, then you got three tough road games. Um, coaches segment 
and I, and I guess I'm looking at the start of the season and the five game, the first five game segment. Tough one. <laughs> Am I crazy? Would you not be thrilled if they had five points in the first five games? Game to game. I just told you. I don't even worry about Vancouver right now. I don't worry about Florida or Tampa. Just get through this first game. Put on a show. That is the key because the building's going to be full. If you if you have to start looking, sure, you can look at your schedule and say, that's going to be a tough one, that's going to be a tough one, but this league now, everybody's tough. Anybody can beat you at any given time. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about Thursday Everything night. Everything looks tough, too, when you're not at the top. That's right. You, I mean, you look at you, you look at okay, so Jersey and then Vancouver, who played really well under Bruce Boudreau last year, mm -hmm. but were too far out of it. And then you go the two Florida teams and back-to-back -back nights, and then you go to Nashville, who's, a, I think, a really good team. Then you finish up, I think, with, what, the Rangers in Carolina? It's San Jose in there. Or San Jose in Carolina. I mean, not easy. Then, okay, go to November. The Leafs. I mean, you're going to see – there's good teams all over. Parity has certainly struck the NHL. And there's a lot of good hockey teams out there. Well, what you have, you have the teams that have been really good for quite a while now in the East, yeah, especially. Um, and now the the teams that did not make the playoffs last year, especially you look at the Atlantic Division. Ottawa added so many players. Detroit, I think they could be a lot better than people. Again, Buffalo is getting better, um, and, and then Columbus adds Gaudreau. Who knows how that's going to happen? The Islanders, I think you expect them to bounce back some. Jersey, yeah, Jersey's on the on the upswing. So yeah. yeah, there's there's no easy nights. I agree with Coatsy. It's it's game to game, especially the way Torts approaches everything. I doubt very much they even know many of these players who they're playing in the second game. It's it's all about the Devils on opening night. Uh, full building. It is time to, to show you know what this identity is about are they going to have the complete system everything and is it going to be perfect no but there's certainly things they can show in that opener that say hey this is the new flyers this is what we're going to be ready to play it's a yeah. results oriented business but let's face it uh there is no quick fix here this is going to be a process and it's create a foundation change the culture and go from there raise the standard absolutely and the uh, propensity. And the word of the day is yes. propensity. They'll have a good. propensity to raise the standard through culture. <laughs> Next time we do that, I'll have another $10 word for you. <laughs> if the promise is to be an interesting, if not eventful, uh, season under John Tortorella, it's about to begin as the Flyers get things started with Game 1 on Thursday. With our latest broadcasters roundtable with Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, Jason Martinez, I'm Tim Saunders. Enjoy the games.